Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 52, Trust the Pattern. For most of the last week, I've been remembering the dreams I've had between about 3.30am and when I wake up. This is a new and strange phenomenon for me, as I hardly ever remember my dreams. There was the flying one with magic mushrooms and Tyrannosaurus Rex, which was a recurring dream in my childhood, but very few since then. But for the last five days, it's been non-stop subconscious recall of my morning dreams. This would be okay if all of them were clearly dreams, with flights of fantasy and other oddness. But some of them have been just this side of possible, so that when I wake up, I have to spend several minutes puzzling out whether the events happened or not. So far, I've dreamed up really excellent movie adaptations of the Parasol Protectorate books, complete with having pizza with my family, and conversations and events with Mike. Granted, I've also dreamed of being trapped in a toy warehouse with characters from television shows, so sometimes I can just wake up and roll my eyes at myself. But whatever kind of dream it is, I have to think to myself, what on earth is my subconscious trying to tell me? In case you haven't discerned this by now, I'm the kind of person who likes a sense of order around me. Everything has its place, and everything should make sense. This whole dream recall thing has thrown a bit of a wrench into that sense of order. The dreams don't make much sense to me, even if I acknowledge that they are symbolic in nature. I also have to wonder, why am I recalling so many of them now? Is it a side effect of the drug I'm on? The doctor increased my dosage this week, but the consistent recall started before the increase, and I'd been at that dosage for two months. How long can I expect this recall phase to continue? Is it my body's way of telling me I need to get more sleep? Too many questions, and not enough answers. But I think I must take a more laissez-faire attitude towards it, and just trust that my body and mind are doing what they need to do. I need to pretend that they're knitting a baby surprise jacket. Anyone who's knit Elizabeth Zimmerman's baby surprise jacket from the original instructions knows what I'm talking about. It's an exercise in acceptance, a leap of faith in the designer and your skills at following her, let's face it, rather non-specific instructions. When a designer includes the words, trust me, in the pattern, you know you're in for an interesting ride. As you knit along, you create this oddly floppy piece of garter stitch fabric that resembles nothing more than a flattened stingray, and you wonder how on earth this could turn into a baby sweater. But then you reach the point where you can fold it up, and magically, It all works. That wavy piece of fabric turns into a little sweater with three-quarter length sleeves, and suddenly, even if everything still doesn't make sense to you, all is right with the world. Elizabeth Zimmerman may be one of the best, or worst, for making you take those leaps of faith with your knitting, but any time we start a pattern, we are trusting in the synthesis of our skills, the yarn, and the designer's work to create a beautiful final project. Sometimes, more weight is placed on one of those parts, and none of them are ever static. For me, sweaters have proven problematic because of the length of my torso. My skills in sweater knitting are in their infancy, and so I have to practice, 
make mistakes, and place a bit more faith in the designers for the moment, until my skills develop and I understand how sweaters are constructed and where I need to adjust to accommodate body length and shoulder breadth. Even at that point, sit me down with a sweater that has an unusual construction, and suddenly the weight is right back on the, to the designer's work. Such is the case with the baby surprise jacket. So when I'm recalling my dreams, and my dreams are either almost real or highly unusual, and I don't know what to make of any of it, I have to trust that my subconscious is designing something. It might be of unusual construction, and it might be taking bits and pieces of my life and interests to make up the yarn it's made out of, but I have to trust that in the end, it's doing what it needs to do to create that beautiful end result. Maybe I can't see how it is we're going to get there right now, but just like I did when I first knit the baby surprise jacket, I just have to trust in the pattern. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. The last episode was out late, and so it's only been about a week and a half since I recorded last. But that's been pretty rough. I've had a couple really bad days where I couldn't get off the couch, really. And so that's put me quite behind on where I wanted to be at this point. I have knit and blocked the swatches for my two uh, hackled skeins. So those are done, labeled, and in the book. I also spun two skeins from the one fleece exercise. I spun the elongated lock skein and the flick carded skein. Now flick carding, (laughs) especially when you've got something like a merino, which is a rather short lock, um, is always an exercise in try not to hit your thumb much, and if you do hit your thumb, try not to bleed on the fleece before you're finished. So that's uh, that was fun. But uh, neither of those ways is my favorite way of spinning. Um, this particular fleece, I'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to start over because there's still quite a bit of lanolin left in it. So it's a little sticky. But, uh, but I'm going to keep going and see how all the, the rest of the skeins turn out because I have to start doing the carded ones now. Um, the elongated lock skein and the flick carded lock skein. Well, flick carded locks look beautiful, but they're still a little, you know, more difficult to spin because they don't, they haven't been, you know, like split as much or aired out as much. And I don't know. Like I said, neither of them is my favorite way to spin, even worsted. And, uh, and I had just enough of each for my skeins, which are measured and in my book. Now I'm keeping on top of that this time. So I'm, I'm filling out my spreadsheet as we go and, uh, and getting them in the book. So I've got two more skeins in the book, which is good, as well as the hackled skeins, which I think I had finished last time. But, uh, but yeah, I did get my level three book back. I passed rather with flying colors, which I don't think I deserved, but you know, that's me. I don't think I deserve it. Um, I'm going to start the, uh, the level look like the looking into level three, um, modules next time, mostly because, uh, today I'm t- teaching a thrummed mitten class at the library 
and I have to be there in an hour. So I'm trying to get the bulk of the podcast recorded before I leave. And then when I get back, then I can just put it together and get it online. So, um, Mar gave me some good comments on, on my skeins. She say, she says I spin beautifully. And I mean, I, I, I said to her when I dropped it off, I said, I know where the, I know where the weak points are. I just need to figure out how to get past them. And, you know, in this, in level four, there's a couple of cotton skeins. So I'll, I'll try and do some work there as well as the luxury fibers are generally spun woolen. So I'll be working on figuring that out as well. So overall, I'm happy. I'm still on course to pass. I'm still on course to graduate with, uh, with honors, which I'm happy about. I just have to get through level four and hopefully, I mean, I think it's the winter. Like we've had some really odd weather days here the last little while. It's been down to minus 30 and then up and it rained the, just the day before it turned minus 30. So I don't know what's going on. We've also had a bit of snow, so hopefully I can get that figured out. But by next episode, I hope to be done that single fleece exercise and then moving on possibly to the cotton. I'm not, I'm not sure yet, but if I can get through the single fleece exercise, that's, you know, with, with the two skeins that are in, that's uh, eight skeins finished for the workbook. And that will put me up to, no, I don't even know now, pretty close to one third finished, which isn't bad, especially for January. So it'll give me five months left and well, yeah, about five months. And then, uh, and then, yeah, just have to focus on the rest of it. So anyhow, that's the fiber week update. Looking forward to having more skeins finished for you by next time. And we'll start talking about level three. Fiber notes. I totally succumbed to the whole new year cast on new projects thing. I'm so bad. But oh, just just wanted to. Uh, anyway, I got the contrasting colors for the orange sweater that I want to make. Um, the yarn I got is uh, Kenzie by Haiku. It's a uh, merino, 25% nylon, 10% angora, 10% alpaca, and 5% silk noil. And I got it in a a very dark orangey red and black. So basically what I'm doing is reversing the colors on the original orange sweater, which had orange as a base and then black and white as the contrasting colors. So here I've got a tan as and then a, a black and an orange as contrasting colors. My problem right now is I can't get gauge. I tried on the four millimeter needles. I was too big. I've been working on three seven fives. I'm ninety nine percent sure, even without measuring, that it's too big. So now I have to go down to a three five, three and a half millimeter needle, and see if I can finally get gauge. I was close on the four mils. It's a twenty two stitches per inch, uh, per uh, four inches. Um, uh, stitch gauge and then a row gauge as as well which I never got to because I knew I was too big and I was at 
21, which of course, if I'd blocked it, would have gone down to like 20. So I'm going to try the three and a halfs. Apparently I knit loose, so go figure. And, uh, and if I can get gauge there, I'm actually going to do a proper gauge swatch. I'm going to knit it. I'm going to wash it and block it and, uh, and, and actually measure my row gauge to actually see if it's close too. So, so I'll uh, finish that gauge swatch and hopefully get gauge soon and, and then cast on that sweater. Ooh, first steak. Oh. But it'll be a while. Um, a friend of mine has knit the sweater and she said once you get past the band at the bottom, it's just easy knitting all the way up to, uh, to where you, you add in the sleeves. And of course the sleeves have to be knitted as well. So, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I also cast on for that blanket. I'm only about five rows in. Things got away from me a little bit. And, and well, it's just been the last couple, a week and a half. So so not very far on that. But uh, I'm doing it uh, magic loop. And on a, a six millimeter needle. And I've been knitting on smaller needles for a long time. So they feel really big. But uh, I can't really tell how it looks so far. Um, because I'm only like five rows in, but the pattern is, is interesting. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to continuing to work on that. And, uh, I, I got myself a Kindle, my, my Kobo died. So I, I bought myself a, a Kindle and I didn't buy any case along with it. Cause I'm like, oh, I can just knit a case. And I went looking online and saw some patterns that I liked. And then I thought, you know, I can probably design my own pattern. So I've been working on that a little bit, and uh, and and um, this the same friend who had knit the orange said that uh, Knit Picks actually has a uh, has a call out now for next year or next fall's uh, collection, which is uh, whimsical color work. And she said you should submit your design. I'm like, well, it's my first design. Anyway. So I am going to submit it. They're probably going to say no. And then when they say no, I will put it up on Ravelry instead. But it's kind of exciting, you know, like to to actually design something and then, you know, put it out there for, for people to say yes or no. And if, and if they do say no, I'm totally printing off their rejection email and framing it because it'll be my first rejection letter. So that will be good. But uh, but I've been working on that. I uh, I'd started it. It wasn't quite what I needed. So I tore it back and rejigged the pattern a little bit and started again. So I'm hoping this week to finish off my first sample and then, uh, and then get it submitted to nitpicks and see what happens. So that's what I've been working on there. We had a spinning party yesterday at, uh, at my friend Kathy's place and I had pushed hard and finished off the, um, Merino silk and yak that I had on the e-spinner so that yesterday I could ply. And plying took, oh my goodness, like three and a half hours. Ugh, it always takes longer than you think it will. It was a lovely party, and I was really glad to have the time to just sort of sit and ply and just get it done. So when I pulled it off my Nitty Naughty, it was 358 wraps, actually about 358 and a half. And I washed it yesterday, and it's mostly dry now, so I can measure the final yardage. And it's beautiful and soft and oh I can't wait 
I'm, I want to do a stole. I need to figure out the yardage first. And, uh, and cast that on too. <laughs> I really, and they're big projects, right? There's a blanket and a sweater and I mean, I'm a design and the, the little Kindle cozy is pretty small, but, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just sort of like, it's all big all the time. I also got a tiny little bit more done on the mystere and, uh, I'm ready to start a right side row now. And you know, it's, it's a complicated pattern, but it's going to be really pretty. Most of my focus uh, the last week has been on getting the merino silk and yak finished, and also on the on the design. So that's what I've been doing. So hopefully, uh, in two weeks, I'll have a bit more accomplished on something. Hopefully, I'll have a proper needle size finally figured out for my sweater, and and have that started maybe, and maybe a little further on the blanket, and certainly the the sample done on my design and maybe have a stole pattern picked out (laughs) and of course homework done but uh, we're having a a housewarming party here next weekend which should be a lot of fun and I should be able to get a little bit of knitting done while we're we're visiting with people all day By the wayside. I haven't had quite as much time to work on Christmas elegance the last couple of weeks. Um, things happen, and I lose the weekend day or the Sunday during the day, and and so on. But but I have actually gotten quite a bit done. The I've finished a whole big section of the dark green, and. Uh, and realize that, you know, when you're doing really long rows of cross stitch, you really feel like you're not making much progress, but you're still covering a lot of, you know, square footage, quote unquote. So that's good. However, I have almost run out of that DMC color. It's number 500. And I don't have enough of it to finish all of the dark green that's left. So I went upstairs into my own stash of embroidery floss and found my bobbin of 500 and it's just noticeably lighter so it's a different dye lot so I'm gonna leave what I have left for places where I've already started and then I'm going to use the new stuff for any place where it's it's just a new section it's not connected to any other piece of dark green I may have to pull back a little section uh, because I'd done like part of a a larger section of the dark green, which was connected to one of the presents. I think I may have to pull that back because I don't have enough to do all of, all of that particular section in the, in the old green. So that's a little, uh, a little frustrating, but, but I mean, I, I half anticipated it. There wasn't a lot left on the, on the little bobbin. And so I'll just have to make do. So I haven't gotten all the way over to the, the red section yet to see where I need to fudge but so far everything's lining up in terms of you know the bottom of the piece so that's at least good so I'm going to keep working over um, taking into account having to change change dye lots in uh, in the the dark green but uh, that feels pretty good I think doing this to getting the dark green finished and then 
using that to sort of build on on the rest of it. I think that's a really good idea. There's a lot of it and that it covers a lot of area. So once I get that done, then I can start filling in the details. I really want to start beading, but I have to wait. So I'll put up a picture of where I'm at. It won't look very exciting because I've only done one color and I haven't had as much time, but hey, it's still progress and and it's going quickly. So that's that's a good thing. Thank you for joining me for episode 52. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 53 on January 25th, 2015. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.